0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Caffeine Before Bed. I'm your host, Jackson Lecce, and this week we have a new guest, Caden Tart. Caden, say hi. Hello. All right, tell us a little bit about yourself, Caden.
1: Uh, So basically, I'm here at Trinity Western and I'm a third year history major. Uh, History is my life, and so is Christianity. And I come from North Carolina which uh, was deep in the suburbs and now i live in the country where i've learned to skin snakes and yeah start fires from scratch it's been quite a journey i love living in the country and yeah i'm just learning loads of history now
0: so what what exactly are you looking to do with with history are you looking to uh teach history
1: uh yeah yeah definitely uh Wherever history takes me, that's where I'll go, whether it's uh, being a historian or an archivist, um, anything like that. But uh, yeah, I have a couple teachers here on campus, a couple professors, and I'm looking to talk with them about some routes I could take in order to become a history professor. Um, I would like to teach, but not for long. I would like to go into like university, so I might have to get my master's and Ph.D. for that.
0: Do you, do you have to get a PhD to teach, or can you do it with just a master's?
1: Um, to teach high school, you pretty much just need to do uh, four years and a practicum. Um, in order to teach university, I think you at least have to have a master's, but having a PhD on my belt would be pretty cool, too. Not going to lie. Well, of course.
0: Do you think... So that takes a lot of, first of all, time in school and dedication do you, what what are your opinions on staying in school for however long? Because that's another what you have four years in standard university, then you have another year or three for a master's, and then another two years or three years or four years. I don't know how long a PhD is, but that's a lot of school.
1: Yeah, it it is going to take quite some time. But I've I've mapped it out financially in a way that, like I've sort of developed something called. The cheap route which is basically uh, my first two years of school i took at community college and all of those credits transferred to trinity and i only like one thousand dollars in tuition per semester whereas here it's like $14,0 per semester so it's it's quite a large difference but i'm only doing two years of trinity here which i've saved up enough money to do that um and then after that, I'll go into teaching, I'll settle down, take my practicum. Um, and then when I've developed enough money to come back, I'll do my master's. And that's sort of the, the framework I've developed um, in pursuing my career long term. But yeah, it does take a lot of schooling.
0: Yeah, I, my philosophy is more like get in, get out and get the degree while you're, while you're there. I am in it for four years and no longer, which is which is fair for my yeah. particular degree. But yeah, and
1: it's... I I couldn't imagine doing like six straight years at Trinity. That's that's a lot of money. So I, I got to space it out and I got to uh, get as many grants and loans as possible. Um, I got to save up enough money like it, it takes effort just for the planning phase alone
0: yeah that's fair it's it's a school in itself is a big commitment we've talked about this on the show a little bit before that you know it's not a good idea to go into this type of school or university without having uh, a plan of what exactly you're going to accomplish because if you just kind of flail in here it's it's a lot of money for for having not a not a particular direction but yeah you, you were talking to me earlier about the about your public speaking opportunity that you had Want to go into a little bit about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've—I I wouldn't say I've ever been an introvert. Introvert before. I have that's had my. True. Yeah, I've I've had my shy moments, but I tend to just say what's on my mind and be extroverted, and that that's one of the qualities that not only has been inherent in me, but I've also tried to build up myself. Um, I actually uh, used to have a podcast of my own a couple years back, which was great. Um, I used to be a street preacher. I used to um, run for like student council and things like that. And uh, at Trinity, I've actually done a public speaking course last sem- semester, which was um, really helpful and effective in fine tuning my skills. And now I, I think I could stand on top of uh, one of one of those round tables at the cafeteria and sing a song. At this point, that's that's,
0: so. I'm also not typically an introverted. I'm ambiverted, which means I can go, I can go either side. But I I have some public speaking experience. But I don't think I'm singing on singing a song in the middle of the calf. I'm not going to lie to you. That's that's a different kind of of boldness. And I did. I took that public speaking course as well, albeit with a different professor.
1: Yeah, you know what? I I might just stick to the bathroom. I'm a singer. As (laughs) Jackson, how are you at singing?
0: i have some experience with singing i did i've taken choir for 10 years so i have huh. a bit of a musical background uh, i did a, I did. funny story i did a solo for the church uh back when oh i cannot have been i was not older than 13 at the time i was a little lad but i did a, a solo oh, yeah. for once in royal david city for a christmas event we had at church a while back but that was my that was my only my only solo or claim to fame when it comes to that. Otherwise, I was, just, uh, I was just a supporting singer in choirs. I was in two choirs, I believe. I was in a school choir and a church choir over the Dude, years.
1: Fair. I, I, used to be a, I used to be into choir as a child, too. I think if you're, if you're a kid in a church, you're, you're under threat of being taken into the choir at some point in your life.
0: Probably, although we, I come from a very musical family, so I mean, mm-hmm. doing music in one way or another was a requirement more than anything else. Which is fair. I think that uh, it's good to be able. to... I think it's a skill that I've that I've garnered over the years. That's that's been helpful. But yeah,
1: yeah. Do you play any instruments?
0: I played piano for ten years, but uh, mm, wow. Yeah, my my siblings are all more more musical than i andrew's played guitar for two or three years now and then he's played piano for 12 years and then the other brothers have played piano for oh goodness eight eight years and then for five years and then the youngest has also started playing trumpet so and we also have ukulele in there as well. So it's we're broadly
1: musical. Yeah, way way more than me, that's for sure. Back in first grade, I used to play mad recorder.
0: Oh yeah, you were one of those recorder kids.
1: Yeah, I used to play Jewish songs all the time. Wasn't even a Jewish school. We just played Jewish songs, and I don't know why. There's a Hava Nagila, that song is stuck in my head for life. Nice.
0: We had we that's- had recorder stuff at our school I was too when I went to that school I was too old so I never had to recorder but yeah those are always the most awkward performances to go to when it's like a school performance and then it's all the yeah. second graders with recorders and it sounds like a dying uh, bagpipe
1: I know I know and it sounds so bad but you feel so proud and you wear your little suit too Is it... <laughs> I yeah. I still have my recorder with me from first grade
0: really that's an achievement
1: yeah i yeah, I don't know why. I just, <laughs> I don't even play it. Do you
0: have, did your school have uh, uniforms?
1: No, no, I don't think so. No, it, it, was, it was a much more casual school. When we had like events and things like that, that's when we had to wear uniforms. Uh, but other than that, you just, you know, wear jeans, skirts, uh, shirt, t-shirt, whatever. We did have a dress code though.
0: Okay, which is fair that's enough. Fair. That's why I say that's fine. I was like, wait cuz I grew up with a dress code. So, that's Yeah. But yeah, fair. Did, so what what kind of got you into history? Was there something that cuz my dad's a big history buff. Mm-hmm. But what what kind of got you down that route?
1: Well, looking specifically at recent history, like this past century, pretty much generally speaking, we've all been bending more towards a focus for the future. We've been looking towards new developments in science and new developments in medicine, and you know that that's fantastic. I think we should strive for that. Definitely, it's just we're still human, and we have this inherent uh, human nature in us, which is we lie, we steal, we cheat, etc. And I think the only way to actually improve. The human condition is actually to look at the people of the past. It, instead of focusing so so much on the future and and looking at the past, we can actually, i guess, solve the human condition and and pave a better way for us. and also to add on to that. looking at, you know, the current state of affairs with people knocking down statues and, you know, this whole idea of cancel culture and rewriting history and, painting certain figures as just terrible people. It's, I, I, I think that's unhealthy. I think we need to really dive into history completely, look at all the contexts and everything like that. We need to use history and the uncomfortableness of history to, I guess, solve our issues now. And so I want to help maintain history.
0: So then what is your ideal approach when you go into studying history? what's kind of your mindset behind going in there is it like i'm not i'm not a particularly history-minded person so so what are your kind of thoughts Uh. on that
1: well it doesn't really matter what era of history you go into if you if you waltz into a history class and you simply absorb it like walk into a history class forgetting everything you knew basically and just absorb everything face value wh- whatever you need just absorb it and then dive into it completely learn as much as you can extract as much information and make sure you're doing it correctly too and it's kind of difficult to say that when it comes to history because history is interpretive um but you need to you need to look at its context you need to you need to basically argue history it's not black and white. The history is very complex, just like the the people that have pioneered history throughout all the ages. But just absorb it and don't discount everything you hear right off the bat. So well,
0: that, do you think that approach could extend to all realms of learning and not just history, or do you think that part of that is particularly poignant to history in particular?
1: Um, I think for history, it's particularly helpful, but you can You can and should definitely use that in all realms of learning. Um, And actually, that, that is science. Science is basically observing something in the world, absorbing it, arguing it, seeing if it's fact. And if it's fact, then it's reality. And if it's reality, then it is. Then there you go. You've absorbed it.
0: Objective truth, baby.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's science. Science is observing something and understanding it to be true.
0: In an ideal sense, of course, because there's false science or, or jimmied science where people pay to get results or manipulate results and everything. But science as totally. it should be is like history as it should be. It's not telling false stories to venerate certain people or ideas. It's getting objectively the facts. And that's kind of the difficulty with history in general as is the difficulty with sciences there was always bias but then as the age old adage is history is written by the victors and the victors obviously have some bias and so then you have to go through yeah and and relearn in a sense not exactly but kind of dive into history with that idea and that's also i think you got into this a little bit but not discounting something entirely because it was written by the victors because there is Uh value in that you can't just throw it aside because you don't agree with it or because it has some bias because you can't most of the time for the vast majority of history you can't just go back and interview somebody you can't go back and say hey alexander the great how was x y or z you know as much yeah. as that would be fascinating, right so you have to go with what you have and try to piece together the objective truth the reality of it which can be difficult and that's that's why there are people that study it but then when it comes to putting together this sense of the human condition i think that you'll never we'll never solve the human condition it will never be fixed because we are fallen but but there is value in saying people went wrong here and so we avoid that in the future because there's another quote that I'm sure everyone's heard at this point, which is, those who neglect history are doomed to repeat it. And so, exactly. especially in the modern age when we're just absolutely rejecting everything, and not not only history, but just everything in general. But when we reject history and say that that's not how it is, or we, or we try to reinterpret it, then we're losing so much of the edge. And so there is value in having true or people that are dedicated to actually Going into history and not just whitewashing it, which which is certainly in short supply these days.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, to to your first point there of uh, history is written by the victors. Yes, that's the so the 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 first part of that is yes, we should absorb something, but to absorb it doesn't mean to accept it. To absorb it means that you have now put it into your arsenal of of future examination the the second side of that is you need to dive right if somebody tells you a historical fact like Abraham Lincoln was a good guy okay absorb that now go and find that out for yourself go and actually criticize that test it test that theory see where that goes and uh on the on the second portion of what you said with um uh, you don't think we can solve the human condition? I, We can't. We can't solve the human condition. Um, but Christ can. And so, for me, not only am I a history guy, but I'm also looking at history through a Christian lens. And so, this idea of looking at the human condition and solving the human condition is actually something that I rest in the Bible. And the Bible is not only super complex and multifaceted, but it is in all branches of history. It is quite extraordinary, what you can learn when applying the Bible to the rest of history.
0: Yeah, that's true. And there's so much of history out there, but then that's the the interesting thing that I think about, is in context of, of what I believe, like we are the ancient people, even now, I think that the world has, has been around for a while, but it's going to be around for a whole lot longer. So it's interesting to see that there are there's already so much of history to look at, but it's also interesting to remember that we are history for someone else. And I think that was a big idea that was present in the whole COVID situation. Everyone was like, oh, this is making history. This is going to be in the history books. You know, when I'm 70 and my kids ask, you know, well, was this like kind of like it was World War II.
1: which yeah, in some yeah, way exactly. Was,
0: but that's that's something I like to think about in history because I am more future minded. I'm not a not a big history guy, but history is on both sides of of the present in in a weird sort mm-hmm. of way.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's why I like to um, that's why I like to keep up with current events. You know, I, sometimes uh, people ask me like. Why, why am I keeping tabs on people like uh, Klaus Schwab? Or why am I keeping tabs on, you know, Justin Bieber or Andrew Tate? And the reason why is because, you know, there's the ancient Egyptians and there's the Romans, sure. But there is also present history going on at this moment. And historians should be looking at the past as well as recording the present. Because this is fascinating stuff, what's going on right now in the world.
0: And And terrifying to an extent, which is... Oh, yeah. I I don't keep up with the news often at all for my own mental well-being. But, you know, I I appreciate the fact that people are out there recording past and present because, and I've, I've said this before, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I appreciate, oh, I have said it on the show, people, I appreciate the different types of people that are out there because I have my own set of particular interests and skills, and there are so many people out there that have completely different interests and skills that are really good at them and really enjoy it like i took uh a class here at trinity uh what was it called uh earth science and i hated it it was so boring and i'm so incredibly thankful for all the people that i know that are actual students that absolutely love that stuff and are really good at it and same with with biology like biology is more interesting but when you have to study rocks some people are fascinated and I'm so glad that they are because I could never yeah. do anything. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I could not work with rocks all day. I would be so bored, but I'm so glad there are people that, that do that. Like I have a guy in the dorm that studies zoology. I would drool all throughout class. I would be so bored, but he loves it. And it's yeah. so interesting because people are good at unique things and so when you're good at history and you enjoy that and you're and you're invested in it i'm super thankful because then the past can be learned from and then those key lessons can be brought forth which is kind of why you want to be a teacher can be brought forth to the new generations and then also then i don't have to do that which i'm (laughs) freaking okay with
1: yeah exactly i'm just glad that i found my passion as soon as i did not a lot of people find their passion uh, in university, I think what like a re- recent st- said that like over sixty percent of people in college, like somewhere between sixty or eighty percent of uh, students in university, change their major somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very thankful that I can kind of picked what I was going to do earlier on. Mm-hmm. I still don't know exactly what my career path is going to be, which is also interesting that you have that. Not set in stone, but you kind of have an idea yeah, no. of where you want to go. I have too much of a breadth of interest and skill that I haven't nailed it down yet. And I still have a little time, which I'm thankful for. But but it's it's a gift, certainly, to go into college knowing what you want to do and how you want to do it. And, and enjoy that, too, because there's some people that are like, Alright, well, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to hate all... 10 years that I have to study for it and I may yeah. or may not actually like that. Or the six hundred thousand dollars in debt that I have because medical school is expensive. But, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's also really healthy to view your twenties as this sort of like the workshop stage. You know, like maybe you don't necessarily know exactly what you want to do, but at least you're doing something, right? Try try 10 things and suck at eight of them you know like just do something don't don't party your life away right but you're you're trying something spending lots of money on it for sure but (laughs) you're doing something
0: true and i think that there is there is value to that but then there's also a balance to be had right you don't want to Mm -hmm. work your 20s away but you also don't want to party your 20s away there's a balance to be had but again i do agree with you for the most part Staying busy, especially as a young man, is almost imperative. Like, there's so much to, to do and so much to be done. And in your 20s, you have a lot to give. You're not... Granted, you know, sometimes you sleep wrong and you can't turn your head left for 24 hours. But that's also, you know, part of getting yeah. older, I guess.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I turned 21 a couple months back. And I, I, I kind of feel some back pain already. Like, I'm getting old. I'm getting dusty. Yeah,
0: it's, it's already coming on. I have a, I There's a joke <laughs> back home. um, Because apparently, for some reason, I've, I'm a little unsure of how this works. I know you're 19. You're chilling. People are like, oh, you know, how's school? And then as soon as I turned 20, everyone's like, so, you, you got a girl? You got a girl?
1: And I was like, no. Yeah, how are the kids? As
0: soon as I turned 20, is that the expectation? And so then I went back home for Christmas. Or was it Christmas? Or maybe it was a bit earlier. And so my brother, who's 17, his classmates are like, yeah, like I was talking to them and like, yeah, he's 30 and single. I'm like, where did this come from? A few months ago, I was 19 and I was chilling and then all of a sudden I'm 30 and single. No, I'm still 20. I am still single. regardless. Yeah. But <laughs> like, yes, yeah, just because just because I'm older than you and, and I'm single does not mean you get to make fun of me. Granted, it's it's fine. And I'm I'm entertained. But
1: yeah, no, like, life life happens quickly. Like you'll blink. And you'll just, you'll be an adult. I remember when I turned uh, 19 and I would go to like family functions and events like that. And every now and then somebody would be passing around beers and then it would come to me and they just hand me a beer like it was normal. And I would, I would kind of freak out a little bit because I wasn't, you know, really a partier. So seeing that new door open up in my life, like, oh, I can now drink alcohol. Like, this is interesting. (laughs) I'm getting old. Yeah,
0: getting old is exciting and scary. Because when you're a kid, you look up to all these older kids. Like when, when you're in mm-hmm. middle school, and you see, oh, the high school kids are so cool. You know, if only I was a few years older. And then you're you're just a few years and a few years older from being old. And then, yeah.
1: Right. I, I remember in grade school, I used to think the fifth graders were just giants. They were the kings and queens of school. I mean,
0: there are some fifth graders that are just absolutely
1: titans. But... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, now, looking at fifth graders, no, <laughs> I could punt them across the field. Well, yeah, just
0: because you're built like a Neanderthal doesn't mean you should go around kicking <laughs> fifth graders. I don't.
1: Know, I thought about it.
0: Well, we appreciate your self-respect, or right,
1: well, yeah. and restraint. You know, maybe I should be a teacher. Maybe I should.
0: Maybe you should work on those violent urges before you become a teacher. I think so. <laughs> yeah, maybe just maybe. And on that bombshell, it is time to end. Thank you all so much for listening. We have uh, updates available on at Thinking Noises on Instagram, and more content should be coming out on the website. Thank you all so much for listening, and have a wonderful night.